I was a bit disgusted about how close I had to go past Ashen Gate to get it, to be honest. Don't, don't look out that window, basically. No. Don't, just don't. I breathed in so I didn't have to inhale the stench. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Gasheads and welcome to this episode of Gascast, being recorded 24 hours on from Rovers picking up their first three points of the season with victory over Oldham Athletic at the Men. I'm your host for this one Nino and joining me to go over the Gas's start to the season so far are Mike Willett and our very accommodating host for tonight's pod, Bedminster's Tom Metcalf. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. <laughs> so let's start with Oldham last night. Um, so Mets, Rovers' first goal and win at the Mem since beating Doncaster 10 games ago. And I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning and my breakfast tasted better. The air felt cleaner and the grass looked greener. I think everyone connected with the gas needed that last night, didn't we? Oh, massively. And I think you could kind of sense it with the crowd as well, because um, against Stevenage, it was a little bit flat. You know, it started well, obviously everyone's back, excited. You know, the songs were going. But then against Oldham, it was just that on steroids that like everyone was singing really getting behind the boys and because they give us something to like actually cheer for a change so yeah I, I think everyone needed it and I thought the atmosphere last night really took me back to like proper DC days kind of thing and I was like I was absolutely buzzing this morning mm. absolutely loving it yeah I was, I was going to come on to the atmosphere later actually but as soon as you've mentioned it I was going into the game I just wasn't really up for it at all to be honest I was flat like there's been a lot of negativity obviously after we're only three games in but after the first two defeats Rovers got booed off against Cheltenham after the loss got booed off against Stevenage there was even fans chanting you're not fit to wear the shirt at players who had only just put on the shirt for the first <laughs> time which is a bit of an overreaction but Last Yeah, I thought the atmosphere last night was brilliant. Um, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a low crowd, just a really sort of quiet night at the Mem. Um, but yeah, I think it really inspired the players. And Barton mentioned afterwards, didn't he, how it's sort of like the, the all these new players' first experience of the Rovers crowd. So it should hopefully help to, um, to inspire them in future games. Um, so yeah, Mike, last night was your first time back at the Mem for 18 months or so because... Pandemic made you miss Stevenage on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what was it like to finally be back on the terraces watching the gas? And how sweet were those three points? I mean, you know, like everyone else, really, just kind of just desperate to get back on the terraces and, and watch them again. But um, it, it genuinely surprised me last night just how um, you know. I mean, we, we were obviously putting on so much pressure before we scored, but when the ball went the back in there, I mean, I, I I couldn't believe. I didn't think I've seen limbs like that for for a long time. Um, you know, I did, um, Jack, who was stood with us, went absolutely mad. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you know, I just thought um, it was just great to be back and, you know, what, now now it'll be a regular thing and, and, you know, I just look forward to getting back there again. So, yeah, really pleased. Yeah, I was watching um, watching the highlights from last night with my dad earlier and obviously when the goal went in, I was just looking at the Blackthorn. And like I said, the limbs were unreal. It was like a last-minute winner, you know, late in the season when it really means something. I think it was just that outpouring of, so many missed missed months of limbs, I guess. It was just great. Um, and yeah, like, like we said before we started recording, I remember turning to you just before kickoff and saying something like, you know, God, I really hope we win today or else tomorrow's pod is going to be so depressing <laughs> because, you know, at, like the, after the defeats to Mansfield and Stevenage, it really already felt like the pressure was kind of starting to build on Barton a little bit, um, especially after how we went down under him last season, obviously. So 
I mean, he needed that win last night as much as anyone, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's the only thing to take from the performance. The only thing I sort of consider uh, as maybe a possible concern is that it did look like the players were playing like their lives depended on it, like it was possibly Barton's last game. You know, it was like, you know, they were throwing their bodies on the line. It was fantastic to watch, but, you know, is it maybe unrealistic to expect that every week? But it was fantastic to watch and, you know, can't knock that. If you, and if we can get that every week, then uh, then I'm all in, really. Yeah, I saw Jake Barber put a sort of similar question to that on Twitter, didn't he? Saying, you know, the first half was great, but is it sustainable kind of thing? You kind of agreed with that, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, in fact, I think I pretty much just said word for word. Yeah. Jake. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, you know, I just think that's the only thing. Can they sustain that over a longer period of time? But um, it's certainly a good, good step in the right direction. Yeah, so Mets, what have you made of some of the reaction to Rover's early defeats? Because... Um, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, I do think it was a little bit over the top. The thing you're not fit to wear the shirt at some of those players who had only played their second game or so, I thought was a bit of a joke, to be honest. But do you think that there has been a bit of an overreaction to, from some sections of the fan base anyway to the slow start that we've made? Yeah, definitely. And then, like, the Cheltenham game especially, getting booed off and people... right When Joey came off on his own, like, running towards the dugout, clapping the fans, and they were booing him quite badly. I was like, I can see why, based on the performance, but it's a second-string tie. Like, there's always kind of mitigating circumstances, but I was, I have been surprised how much uh, the team have been booed already. But I think a lot of that is down to Barton, because last season he kept saying, wait till I get a pre-season, wait till I get my own players, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then it's just not been there at all. Mm. So I think he's he has made a rod for his own back, and we might have seen last night the kind of what it could be but he's got a long way to go to win over quite a lot of fans there's there's a section that will love him no matter what there's a section that will hate him no matter what and then in the middle there's kind of everyone else and that that kind of range I'm in that range I'm on the very much on the fence with him where yeah I, I appreciate the job he's got to do he's got a big rebuilding job but also he has mouthed off a lot to, for want of a better phrase um, and you know when he said everyone's going to be fit, everyone's going to be bang up to scratch. And you think, well, we've started the season with six or seven first-teamers and players coming back in. Like Anderson last night absolutely ran himself into the ground and I thought he was going to come off about 20 minutes before he did because he was limping. He was properly dead. And he then, got clattered a few times. Yeah, he, he, got, yeah. he got chopped and he was just running himself into the ground. And then, yeah, when he did come off, he got a massive round of applause, deservedly so. I've gone on a complete tangent about Anderson. Massive, massive fan of his from last night, especially, and all of his games so far. I think he's been one of our standout performers for me. But yeah, I think there is a little bit of an overreaction going on in the in the fan base at the minute. It just it's a new side. Obviously, players coming back from injury isn't ideal, but it's like Joey said in his pre matches. You know, it's going to take four or five weeks before players are really up to speed, and you could see, especially the kind of chemistry between them. It's a couple of times Collins got in and just needed to lay it off and he, he shot or he just held on to it and that will come. And I, that's when I'm going to start getting excited when they can just do these one touch, like bum, 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 mm. cutting teams open. It's going to be unbelievable to watch. Yeah, yeah, go on, Mike. No, just, just on, the, on the booing front, I think, I think there's definitely an element of the fan base that are still very unsure about Barton, probably booing the man as opposed to the, the players. I mean, certainly taking out on the players is certainly very harsh at the moment. Um, but there's also an element of the fan base that will, 
the absolute last thing they'll do is, is blame Barton. So if they can go after the players instead, I guess that's that's kind of an easier option. But yeah, so it's going to be an interesting few weeks, I think, ahead for us. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm personally, I'm right in that middle ground that you're on about Mets because with Barton, I am fully behind him. I want him to do well, obviously, because I want Robus to do well. But when Joey Barton's Barmy Army starts up in the Blackthorn, I'm a little bit like, mm, I'm probably not going to join him with this one, lads. I'm going to sit this one out and then I'll join him with the next song. You know, it's a li- that's a little bit how I feel at the moment. But yeah, everyone has their own personal opinions on that, obviously. Um, so let's go into the Olden Wing in a little bit more detail then, because I'm sure that's what all the listeners want to hear, having gone so long without a victory. Um, so Mike, as the cliche goes, a real game of two halves. Uh, Rove is very impressive in the first and tailing off during the second. So what were your overall thoughts on the Gas's performance last night as you left the men? Yeah, I mean, I thought, again, that, that first 45 minutes was just just 100 mile an hour um, and just great to see, you know, crunching tackles, high press, um, creating chance after chance. And, and even when you miss chances, it's still great. You know, you still think, right, OK, we're right on top of them here. And the only concern was if we don't score, then we're going to, you know, we've seen it many times before where we've we paid the price for that. But, you know, once we got the goal, just I don't think there was any doubt in my mind that we'd gone to win that game. I just I felt completely confident. Um, and, and to be honest, the second half, I I didn't think there was a lot wrong with it. I, thought, I knew we weren't going to be able to keep that intensity up for ninety minutes, so we just limited Oldham to very few chances. And I, they had they had to be better than than they were in the first half. So um, I just thought we managed it very well. And I don't think you can pick a single player there that that underperformed for me. Yeah, so Barton said before, well, but both before and after Oldham that he feels that we're still about four or five weeks off becoming a side that can put in a consistently high 90-minute performance. So do you think that we saw signs of what he's referring to last night with how well, how Rovers seemed to uh, just tie all over the pitch, really, and we sort of sunk back into our shells a bit in that second half, didn't we? Yeah, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, I still think a lot of what Barton says is quite, you know, I think he's trying to buy himself a little bit of time. Um, you know, he kind of wasn't saying a lot of this last season it was like we're going to hit the ground running but you know I do appreciate what he's saying that you know, it will take time it just will and um, I think whilst I'm not expecting that performance every week you know a 1-0 I mean he said himself 1-0 is the best result in football and I kind of know what he means I mean I, I'd say 4 nils a bit better <laughs> but 1-0 I get it you know, I, know what, I know what he's talking about you know we managed the game out and, and, and got the right result so but this is just a start, so you know. Let's see. I mean, he does a lot of talking. Let's see if he can translate that into into points for us. Yeah. So Mets, I just want to have a quick chat about how Robert set up tactically because it was the first time this season that Joey's been able to use his favoured three four three formation, uh, which is a system that all his summer recruitment has been based around. Do you think that we saw signs last night of things perhaps kind of clicking a bit more in that shape than it had been in the four three three that we've been forced into using really in previous games? Yeah, massively. Um, having Rodman back, I think, was just one of the biggest bonuses for for yesterday's performance. Like he was for someone who's not played very much, didn't play any of preseason, played a little bit uh, against Stevenage. He's been brilliant. He was brilliant last night, and his link up play. You know, he showed it before even with like Westbrook when he was in the in the side. He was combining well with Collins, and then on the other side, Anderson just bombing it basically, and I've really enjoyed how much work rate he put in. And I think as well, um, Oldham match, so they play wing-backs as well, 
So basically all we were doing for quite a lot of that first half was just putting balls into the channel and then Collins would get onto it or Anderson or Saunders would get mm-hmm. onto it. And we just had every time we had an out ball like that and then at halftime they changed, they changed to a back four, which kind of limited us a little bit. But you could see straight away in that first half especially just how attacking he wants to be. Yeah, that that first half, if that's how he wants to play and that's how he wants to be on the front foot, we've got a very exciting season coming up, I think. Yeah, the men will be rocking every week if it's like that, won't it? That's for sure. Um, so, Mike, a question from Tommy C on Twitter, who asks, can we consider this the great awakening, considering Oxford were a very, very poor side? I think that's a little harsh on Oxford, who had a good win over crew in League One last night. So, assuming he means Oldham, um, do you think that how much can we put down to it being a better Rovers performance than it was against, say, Stevenage? And how much do you think Oldham being pretty dross kind of came into it as well? I mean, I, I, I did say on Twitter last night, I, I can't remember seeing a, a poorer side than that, um, probably aside from us last season. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, you don't want to take the positivity out of last night, really. Um, we it, it was so long coming for a result and a performance like that. Um, but you, you just naturally think, oh, yeah, they weren't great, Oldham. So, you know, and I think a lot of their fans would, would say, look, we're, we're in a bad place ourselves. So it's really nothing to celebrate. But, you know, I think I think we just got to take that as, as something to build on. Um, yeah, it's not, a, we didn't climb Everest last night, but we, we've made a step towards progress, hopefully. So, yeah, it's, it's a good start. Oh, we're at base camp. We're at base camp, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're thinking about climbing. <laughs> so let's pick out a few individual performances to talk about then. And I want to start with the one man who was slightly out of position last night, playing at left wing back, Harry Anderson. Mets, I was going to ask you this, but you've already waxed lyrical about him, so I'll go to Mike. Um, so Mike, what's been your early impressions of him in the quarters so far? And I mean, particularly last night, but I mean, throughout the season so far, what's been your thoughts on him? I, I mean, just just looks like a terrific Footballer, I mean, his first touch is what impresses me most. There was a few times last night when the ball was just pelted at him and he's just sort of somehow managed to just control it first time and all in one movement is able to just carry the ball. I, I don't know, he just um, he doesn't look particularly quick but just seems to get away from players and he's quite big, strong. And you know, there were times last night I was thinking, how have we ended up signing this player who was, by all accounts, doing really well in League One? But... um you know, it's early days, but it, you know, definitely really impressed with him so far. I think what what I thought about Anderson is that even though he was playing on the wrong side on, on his, the left wing and he's right footed, actually gave us quite a good attacking option because he would cut in onto his right foot. And there's a couple of times he burst into the middle of the well, just outside the area, and had a shot, and they they went over unfortunately. But in a few weeks' time, you could imagine if he did the same thing, he was a bit sharper and a bit more in tune, they would maybe go on target or go in. So, you know, usually with the wing-back, they're playing on the side that they're footed, so they end up going down the line and getting crosses in, which obviously he did for the goal, but then it was nice to have that variation where he could come inside and have shots as well. So The, it was, the, yeah. the only concern was, he, I noticed on the, the video that Rovers released at the end, he was walking off with an ice pack over his knee, and I thought, here we go. <laughs> you know, a knee, ice pack on the knee. Exactly, it's always those kind of things. So um and he did appear to be carrying a bit of a knock for a while. And like you said, Tom, you know, it it just I always felt like he's bound to come off any minute, but he seemed to be lasting, you know, they were making subs and he wasn't one of them, I thought interesting. But yeah, so fingers crossed he's not injured. Yeah, so Max, if we assume that um that once Trevor Clark's back fit 
he'll be first choice left wing back. We've then got Anderson and Rodman, I guess, battling it out for that right wing back slot because I assume that's where Anderson's been been signed to play. So who would you be leaning towards of those two to, to be the starter in that position based on what you've seen of them both so far? I, I'd go Rodman because I think he just gives a bit more defensively. I'd be tempted to push Anderson up in one of the front three spots. If he can, if he can displace someone up there, then, I mean, he's doing bloody well, frankly. But I, I think he's better going forward than he is going back. His work rate is second to none. He's unbelievable. But Rodman just gives you that little bit more. He's also height as well. So goal Good kicks, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So from a practical kind of standpoint, I think his rod is. But from an excitement point of view, I think Anderson's Anderson would be the one for me. Mm. He's very direct, isn't he, Anderson? Mm. Like, as soon as he gets he the ball, his first thought is just to get on the front foot and just run at someone. I, I really like that about him. He's an exciting player. So let's move on to the goal scorer and match winner, Saunders, uh, who it's fair to say looked quite isolated, I would say, in, in leading the line on his own in the first couple of matches, playing out of position, I guess, right down the middle. He's not really a target man. But last night with Collins alongside him, he looked much more threatening, Mike, and his pace caused Oldham problems all night, didn't it? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, I think like like a lot of people was a bit, maybe a little bit concerned the last the first few games that he played and you, you, know, you could probably put a lot of that down to, you know, he was up there on his own working as hard as he can and I thought well we've seen lots of players that work hard but can they can they actually deliver and you know last night um it was really the first time I thought okay I can kind of see what he's about here and because he had so much support we were going forward all the time it just seemed to really suit him so yeah it really encouraged and he deserved his goal um so yeah you know just really pleased it, it, it just hope that, it, that this could be the start of something for him you know they always say with strikers get one get a few more so yeah, you could tell he enjoyed it, so that was great. Yeah, the amount of times we just dropped balls in behind their back three or four, <clears> and he, he'd be on it, and they had no answer for it whatsoever. Mm. They just had to drop deeper just to try and keep him out. Again, another one, his work rate was fantastic, and yeah, like you said, well-deserved his goal. It was lucky as, because I think the keeper was just going to comfortably save it and it's come off their defender, but you know, you, you make your own luck, I think. Yeah, so before we move on to talk about Collins, a little quiz question for you both. Um, so Saunders' goal last night was the first goal scored by a Rover striker in how many minutes of football? So, I mean, it is the shittest quiz ever because A, it's almost impossible to get right and B, there's no prize. But Mets, have a punt. Uh, 584 minutes. Okay, Mike? Uh, 750. So Saunders' goal last night was the first goal by a Rover striker in 1,775 <laughs> So, on to a striker who hopefully won't make us wait that long for his first gas goal, Aaron Collins. First start for Rovers last night. Mets, what did you make of him and what parts of his game caught your eye? I think he very much looks a number 10. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him as a, a 9. I mean, he was, he was drifting out, looking for the space, especially down the sides of um, Oldham. His link-up play is brilliant, I think. Um, can shoot with both feet. I noticed he had a, a one with his left, one with his right last night. I'm really, really impressed with him. I think just intelligence-wise, just being able to know basically when to go wide, when to stay central, 
and just link the play. I think once he's got the old pork pie pally in front of him, I think he's just going to be feeding him balls all day. And it's I, I'm very excited. Again, I keep saying excited. I'm very <laughs> excited to see that kind of combination. And yeah, hopefully it's a winning one. I, I agree. I thought, he was, I thought he was brilliant last night. Um, it just... If there was a moment where where he had a he had an effort on goal and he could have he could have fed through. I didn't possibly was Anderson bombing on the left hand side. And I think you know if you were to kind of pause the picture and sort of say you know which my mate did it in work, he was like you should have passed it. And I think you weren't there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the moment was there for him to shoot, and you know he actually hit a terrific shot, but it was just straight down the keeper's throat. And but I just think he, he's got something about him. Um, his first touch, his control, bringing other players into the game. I just just yeah you know. It's great when you see a player like that, but you know, probably for the first time, obviously, he couldn't get many minutes in uh, on Saturday, but just looked really good last night. And again, it's just one of those, OK, we might have a we might have a player there, so it's great. Another one who barely had a pre-season as well. So, I mean, you think that's him playing, what is he, 50% fit, maybe? So you think once he gets properly up to speed, and like you said as well, I think kind of last night, he because he, he's the bigger of the two of him and Saunders, he kind of had to be the man down the middle, whereas I don't think that is really his game. I think he probably needs to play in one of those two slots just behind the main striker where him and Thomas, say, can sort of do the creating and drop into little pockets and get the ball and feed people through. I think he'll be be brilliant. Um, so moving back into midfield then and onto the man who Gas said seemed to have been most impressed by, Sam Finlay. Uh, Mike, still very early days, but I think Adam sums up my early thoughts on Finlay with this question. With a real lack of world-class defensive mids in world football at the moment, how worried should we be that Super Sam Finley gets poached by one of the big boys in January? <laughs> um, I think we'll be all right, to be honest. Um, I, I think, but he, I thought he was, and again, another another player that came through it um, you know, last night, played fantastically well. He, he actually reminds me a lot of Stuart Campbell in a weird way. He's got similar sort of build, you know, high energy. Good on the ball, looks to get forward, can also make a tackle. I mean, that that was sort of all, all of what Stuart Campbell was about. And I mean, if we can find a, another player like that, I don't think we've ever had a player since Stuart Campbell like him. So, um, yeah, that, that that was great. And I actually thought he played quite well Saturday. I know there was a few people that felt he was a bit off the pace, and, and maybe so. But I, I I thought he looked like he was trying to affect the game, and you want that from your midfield and um, centre mid, really. So. So yeah, I was very impressed. And he's obviously got that experience. He carries that um, gravitas on the pitch. You can tell he's he's leading it from the midfield. So really pleased so far. Yeah. So Mets, as a Stu Sinclair fanboy who enjoys that kind of all action, tough tackling midfielder, you must have been purring up in up in the seats watching Finley last night. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think he might have a new favourite player because like he just covered grand tackles. Especially he loves a tackle. I'm a massive fan of that. Also. Because I'm right above the dugang, he was just him and Joey Barton were having an ongoing row for the full ninety minutes. I don't know what about, but they were just at each other the whole time, and I actually quite enjoyed it. It's like when JCH and uh, Coughlin used to go at it. <laughs> it's that kind of. I don't know if he just needs to like. They just need to scrap or what? But that, that doesn't sound like Joey Barton. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm very impressed with Finley, and like you said, he's he's still coming back from injury. I think there's a lot more to come from him. I'm, yeah, once Coots is back as well, there's, there's a slight selection headache for, for Barton. You know, I think he is going to go Coots and Finlay because that's obviously why he signed those players. Grant, I don't think, was really that bad last night. I thought, I thought he, was, he played well. Yeah, yeah I thought he did. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's a bit unlucky for him to get dropped. But, you know, when you have a player of Cooks's quality and, you know, they've played together before, I think it, it just makes sense to kind of drop him to the bench, really. I, I love that tackle that Finley made towards the end when I think their winger was kind of like, he's causing us a few problems when he and, and Finley looked like he'd kind of lost him at one point, but then just just got, just got slid in and got a board. Like, come on. Like, yeah, yeah. Right in front of the, the Thatcher's end as well. It was... That was good. That yeah. was good. That's what yeah. we want to see. Yeah. If we had seats in the Thatcher's then that would have got me out of it. That's yeah. sure. <laughs> I think the thing that excites me about him is that although it is early days, he look he just looks like an all round midfielder. Like we've had people like Upson and Gogo who can only kind of sit and defend, and you know you don't really want them on the ball because they're not that good on the ball. You've got someone like Westbrook who is good with the ball, but you don't want him doing the stuff going the other way. Whereas Finney looks like he can do a bit of everything. You kind of trust him to be in the middle, even in the midfield too, and just really put his weight, I guess, and do all parts of the game really well. Um, well Codslogs described him as the league to Steven Gerrard. Oh, yes, you interviewed him. Massive, yeah. massive shout that is. Yeah. So, yeah. And I remember see. you laughing at him. And I was like, yeah, I still <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, you're not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mike, Rovers were forced into a change between the posts last night with Belshaw coming in for the injured antsy. Um, what did you make of Rovers' new number two? Well, he looked he looked very comfortable. I mean, he didn't have a lot to do. He didn't have to make too many great saves, but there's a lot you can kind of tell from a from a character of someone is just how he was leading his defence, how he was communicating, even little things like he was telling the ball boy to drop the ball on the floor, like, don't don't throw me the ball, just you know, and he was kind of like you know fist pumped him and all that. He's, he's, he, you can tell he's a character. Um, and he was, you know, shouting at his defence all the time. I, I think that's, you know, all these things that, you know, Ansi does as well. But it's, it looks like that there's some genuine competition between the sticks and you need that. And, I, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged. And for me, I would probably start him in the next game as well. I don't think he's done anything to lose his place. And actually, Ansi has got off to a bit of a shaky start. So, yeah, encouraged. Um, again, another one to say, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of quite pleased with that effort. And um, yeah, see how we see what he can do in the next game now. I think. Yeah, so Mets. Charlie Hayne has asked on Twitter whether Belshaw should keep his spot for Saturday, as Belshaw played well in his two appearances so far, and Yakoda's had quite a poor start. And then he says, "Keep up the great work." You too, Charlie. Um, yeah, Mets. Yeah, I would uh, much like you. I thought it was a bit of a shock that he was he was in. I think my fan hub team obviously had Antsy in. I think everyone else's did. But then. Yeah, he didn't put a foot wrong. Harley will pay you for that one later. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've already got the fiver, don't worry. Yeah. Um, the only kind of down, the only thing I'd say against him is his distribution from his hands isn't, if he's throwing, it's fine. If he's kicking, it's, it's not great. But we haven't really, also, we haven't really seen him tested in the way that Yukola can pull off like a worldie of a save. We haven't really seen Belshaw be really stretched like that. But I, I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd have him on Saturday. I don't think he's deserves to be dropped frankly I think one thing I really enjoy about him kind of what you said Mike is that he just seems like a character I remember his interview when he signed you could just tell he's absolutely buzzing to sign for Rovers and he just he just loves it and then last night um, in the second half when he was in front of the Blackthorn end wasn't he um, he would be turning around and fist pumping the fans and getting the fans going I just think Gasset's feed off someone like that and um Kind of reminds me a little bit of Mikkel Anderson. Do you remember Mikkel yeah, Anderson? Yeah. He was yeah, very yeah. much like that with the fans, wasn't he? He was sort of <laughs> conducting the Blackthorn end at times. And I think he could become a bit of a cult hero if he if he carries on in that sort of vein. Uh, I think as well, I think that the thing that sets, you know, 
good keepers from the great keepers or, or ones that they make the saves that you don't expect them to make. Um, and we know that Ansi has been able to do that time and time again for us. So it's just whether or not Belly is his, uh, his nickname. Um, it's just whether or not he can do that when he's called upon. So, so yeah, well, I'm sure he'll get the chance to do that. So before I move on to talk about the performance of the fans at the game last night, any other individual performances you think are worthy of a mention, Mets? Anyone we haven't talked about so far? Yeah, um, I was going to mention Hughes because um, he's obviously massively experienced right at the back of that back three. But I think, obviously, he's quite old. But he was very slow, which is fine. You know, I've kind of seen him as a bit of a Tony Craig. And he does look like Tony Craig if Tony Craig had like a couple of bottles of whiskey. I think he just got that disheveled, wide-eyed look on him, which I, I quite enjoyed. But a couple of times he got caught on the ball. And I was thinking, you know, you are, you've been brought in as the experienced head. You shouldn't be getting caught like that. And a couple of times he put people into kind of it just hospital passes and stuff. So that would be the only kind of negative of the performance for me. I think overall he was fine, but just those little bits. And I was thinking a better team would, you know, punish us more for those little mistakes. The only thing I would say in response to that is that it was Hughes who put the ball over the top for Saunders when he brought it down. And I think he claimed that someone shoved him in the back and he went down and didn't get a penalty for it. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a mixed bag from him distribution wise. I, the only other player I was going to bring up was Nick Anderson because I thought, I mean, against Stevenage, I thought he was a bit of a bomb scare. To be honest, every time he got the ball, you kind of I don't think you really knew what you were going to get from him, and sometimes he'd fall over it, and sometimes he'd play a nice pass out. But I think this was his first game, obviously, because it's the first time he played the back three. The first time he played as the left of the back three, which is where he's been signed to play. And I just thought he looked so much more comfortable there, Mike. What did you make of him? Yeah, I, I agree. I thought he, um, you know, he's, he's sort of coming for a little bit of stick in the last few games. It was but, purely for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean it must have been you, yeah. Um, but he, he's certainly, I mean, he's quite big and strong. And I think he looks pretty good on the ball, actually. But I think, like Hughes, has maybe been kind of caught out once or twice and just, just gives you that kind of... You know, I mean, we're still a little bit shell shocked from our defending last season, so we didn't want any more risks. But um, for me, the, the one player I, I feel I feel I need to, to highlight, as I gave him a bit of a hammer in last season, but I thought Jack Baldwin was was very good last night. Um, you know, he, he looked he looked like he really relished playing in playing in front of the crowd, and you know, again at the end, punching punching the air, you know, celebrating with the fans, seemed to enjoy it, and you know, he, he's always been, I, I think, a, a good footballer. But obviously, you know, the first and foremost, you've got to be a good defender if you're going to be a centre half. And but you know, I thought he was able to c- combine the two. You know, I thought he was good on the ball, defended really well. And again, I hope this is the start of something um, new for for Jack Baldwin. Yeah. So before I move on from Oldham, I was going to chat about the fans, but we've kind of done that about the atmosphere and everything. It was, you know, it's brilliant. We need to be like that throughout the season if we're going to have the sort of successful season we want. Um, the only last question I will ask Mets is I was listening to Radio Bristol on the way home, Jeff Twentyman's show, and there was about three or four calls in from Gasheads, basically all saying that we had you know two or three stone wall penalties turned down. I mean, I don't think that there was a single one, but what did you think any of those were penalties that we seem to have about five or six appeals? But should Rovers had a penalty last night? At all, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know throw enough mud at the wall, something's going to stick, surely. I, I, the first one, because where I'm sat, I was like, that's Stonewall. I also thought the Collins one was Stonewall. 
There was another one, I think it was um, Saunders, when their defender just jumped into him. I was like, so Stonewall. But then I was chat- I bumped into Kaz on Gloucester Road and I asked her, because she's obviously closer to it in the platform, and she was like, no, like none of them, not even close. But then it didn't stop the crowd being like, you don't know what you're doing to the referee. I think we just haven't done it for so long. It felt good. Even if in my heart, it's like, I didn't think that was a penny. Yeah, yeah, I'm still going to give the referee out. 18 months if you don't know what you're doing to get out. <laughs> they all came out in that one 90 minutes. I did think, I did, the only one I thought was, I, I thought was cast iron, uh, was the Finley one. Was the one where uh, we when we had this discussion last night, and I know you weren't sure about this, uh, Ollie, but I thought that Finley got to the ball first, and their bloke just absolutely took Finley out completely. Um, but admittedly, Finley was never going to get to the ball. Like Finley was basically touched out of play. But I just thought, God, when, when you're a defender and you've you've made almost no attempt to play the ball, I thought you're running a risk. And and, and because we'd had about two or three other shouts before that, I thought surely the referee is going to give it. But that was didn't. the biggest shout for me, definitely. That was the one, absolutely. I and and I, I must, I, I I watched the highlights and. I can't believe that Saunders got booked for his dive because even though he may not have had, there may not have been contact, he got straight back up and went for the ball. It wasn't like, it was almost like he went down because he was anticipating getting hit. Didn't get hit, goes down, but then gets straight back up. He didn't, you know, sort of throw his arms up to to a pill for anything. So I thought that was incredibly harsh. Yeah. Yeah, me and Harley were having a bit of an argument about that. Well, not an argument, but a little bit of a discussion about that at the Blackthorn last night because I, from where I, I saw it, it looked like he just dived. And then Harley said, no, no, he jumped straight back up. And then I watched it on the highlights earlier. And he does. He goes over. But he's literally straight back on his feet trying mm. to get the ball. Mm. And, uh, yeah, how the ref books him for that is, is just baffling. Mike Jones were gone out to hammering for that one, I imagine. Um, so let's move on to the Gases' next game then with a trip down to Devon and St. James's Park coming up on Saturday. Mets, us two, and many other gases, I'm sure, have got our train tickets booked to get down to Exeter nice and early and make a day of it. Looking forward to it? I am now. Yeah, 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 after the last game, yeah, after the um, Stevenage game, I was like, oh my God, we're going to go down, we're going to get battered, it's going to be a horrible day, but, you know, they've had a pretty rubbish start as well, so, and actually, you know, that first half especially has given me proper hope. I mean, either way, I'm going to be blind drunk and I'm not going to be able to see much of the game much like Mansfield which actually turned out to be a blessing so yeah. you know I'm going to enjoy it either way I'm going to enjoy the night the day ain't but I have got actually a little bit of hope that we can go down there and get a result yeah so I'm sorry Mike I feel a bit harsh asking you about Saturday because I know you're working and you can't <laughs> go but um, obviously we all want to see a second gas win of the week um, but in a way do you think it's almost equally as important in a way that we get another sort of positive front foot performance from Rovers to show that the first half wasn't a fluke in a way and that we are actually building towards something under Barton yeah absolutely I mean I think you know, I, I've been pretty critical to be honest with the, the performances so far and, and you know last night was such a welcome surprise that you know now I'm just thinking please don't go backwards um, you know like you said Matt said, they haven't got off to a very good start either so We'll be looking to capitalise on that now, now that we've got a bit of momentum to build on. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think as long as we don't lose, I think I'll be I'll be positive about that. And again, just looking to try and build on what we've just uh, what, what we did last night. And you know, it's, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Exeter, but I hope we uh, hope we absolutely turn them over on, on Saturday. <laughs> so. 
Max, when we're on that train Saturday morning and you pull your phone out to enter your lineup prediction on FanHub, just my <laughs> Yeah, nice. Um, what do you expect the Gas Eleven to to look like? Unchanged or? Yeah, I think unchanged because um, Nicholson's still coming back, and I thought he had a quiet like twenty or thirty minutes when he came on. It was only twenty in the end, um, you know. And then obviously Pittman, he's nowhere near. He's, he's absolutely nowhere. Him, yeah, he's absolutely nowhere near. So. Well, actually, I say unchanged. Coots will come back in for Grant. Apart from that, I think... Do you think he'll come straight back in? I think he'll come straight back in, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think Belshaw will keep his place, so I hope he does anyway. But, yeah, I can't see him I can't see him making too many changes. What about you, Mike? Same, same again, would you go? Or? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I... I... I mean, I know we've discussed this already, but I, I, I feel it would be harsh on Grant if he, if he was left out. But I do feel, I do think you're right that the captain will come back in. Um, yeah, so I don't think there'll be too many changes, but that might be one. Um, and I think actually um, that team probably deserves another run out. But as I say, the, the skipper probably, he's probably telling Joey that I'm, I'm playing on Saturday. So we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, not too many changes, I hope, and just um, go again. So let's get a score prediction from you both then. Um, so Exeter winless in their first three after two 0-0 draws and a 3-0 loss to Orient. So yet to score as well. Um, Mike, I hate to say it, but the Grecians down there for the taking to me. Uh, what's your prediction? Um, the best result in football, Bristol Rovers 1-0. I, I was going to say 1-0. I predicted 1-0 for last night's game as well and Did I didn't, didn't put any money on it. Shame. I know. Mm. Well, there we go. What about you? Um, I'll go 2 1 Rovers, I think. Yeah, I think someone like Saunders is going to suit away games so much more than. I mean, I know he got some joy last night, but when you're away from home and someone like Exeter, their fans are going to expect them to be on the front foot against us and come at us. I just think there's going to be so much more space for someone like Saunders to get in behind. His pace is just, I mean, he's absolutely rapid. So if we can put some good balls over the top again, then I think I'll have some joy. So yeah, I will go two on gas, I think. Um, So I just want to end today's pod with a quick chat about some of the comings and goings we might see before the summer transfer window shuts, with Joey Barton having just 13 days left to finalise our squad until January. And obviously we've heard from Barton in the last few days that Zane Westbrook's free to leave the club and Brandon, Brandon Hamlin is seemingly... Um, on his way out, having had his head turned by Lincoln. So, Mike, coming to you first on Westbrook, a player who I know you're a big fan of. Um, I mean, he definitely divided the fan base last season with a fairly mixed bag of a campaign, but what's your thoughts on him heading out the door? Yeah, um, I, I think from a financial perspective, if he's on a sort of high wage and the club feel like they need to, you know, um, make those changes um, accordingly, then I can understand it. But from a footballing perspective, for me, um, I still think he's probably one of the best players we've got. Um, And I know last night was impressive, but I still think in the games prior, there was probably matches there I thought Westbrook would probably make a a better impact in. But, you know, I appreciate he does split the fan base. Um, I think the stats are there, though, that, that kind of suggest that Actually, when we're on the front foot, when we're actually trying to play some football, that he's he's probably right in the heart of all that. Um, so it's a shame that that he's looking to to let him go, but um, we'll see. I, I'm I'm almost certainly he'll end up in League One though, and you know I, I think that's probably where he'll go. I think his career will probably keep going upwards. I think that's my prediction anyway. 
What about you, Mertz? Yeah, if anything, if any of the other players we've released are something to go by, they'll all go straight back up They've to the league. They've all gone up to the league, Yeah, ridiculous. But um, I don't think... I'm quite glad he's going, to be honest. I don't think he really offered a lot. Um, as much as, yeah, when we were on the front foot, you know, you can see his talent and that, but I don't. that's not Joey's kind of type of player. He's more of a Finley and a Coots and a Anderson kind of battlers that's what he wants and that's how he wants to play as well and Westbrook just doesn't put his foot in so I think it's it's good kind of business all round he goes we get him off the wage budget and then we got room for a another player to come in yeah I, I get yeah you're right I think actually you know we, we got to remember that we've had like three managers since he was signed I think so it's kind of like of course new managers are going to come in and just have a different approach and yeah, so I, I understand that. And I think it was obviously Garner's kind of uh, ethos was to get the ball down and pass it, just keep the ball for 90 minutes. But that's not quite Joe's way. So, yeah, I, I do I do get it. I do understand it. I think, I think personally I was a little bit on the fence about it until last night watching uh, Luke Thomas, who they're not the same player in that I think you can play Westbrook deeper than you can play Thomas. Westbrook can kind of play in a midfield position rather than as a number 10, but they're both kind of that match winner, silky on the ball kind of, I don't know, luxury player type uh, profile. But you watch Luke Thomas last night and when we don't have the ball, he's absolutely busting a gut. And there was a few times um, where he would go flying into a challenge. The ball would break loose. He'd go into another one and he was, he did that three or four times. I saw it back on the highlights earlier. He was getting really stuck in. Um, and one of the biggest cheers of the night actually was just in front of the Blackthorn end. I think he chased down a lost cause in the corner and, and blocked a ball that someone tried to clear down the line and it went out of play. And just everyone was, you know, really sort of pumped up by it. Just seeing a player like that who you don't expect to do something like that, really putting in a shift for the team. And I don't think you really get the same from Westbrook. And that, I think that's what lets him down in the eyes of someone like Joey Barton who wants all his players to sort of be, you know, really involved in all the game. Um, so on to Hamden then, Mike. Similar questions, really. I mean, it doesn't sound like this one's as cut and dry because Barton does want Hamden to stay and says that Rovers may force him to stay if an acceptable offer doesn't come in. Um, but would you like to see him stay as part of the squad or would you be happy to see him move on and a new striker to replace him? It is a difficult one. I would like him to stay. Um, and I know maybe it's just been a while since I saw him play last season. Um, and I know he, I know he sort of a bit up and down, but I thought he was, I thought he was excellent under Garner. I thought there was, there was a spell whilst he was here where I think he might've got eight goals under Garner and I don't think he scored again uh, under the, the following two managers. So I just feel like there's definitely a player there. It's, he's just, like a lot of strikers, he's just he needs that confidence. He just needs he probably needs to be told he's a fantastic player all the time. And I don't know if you're going to get that from Joey Barton. So I'm not convinced he he will um, he will perform under Joey. But uh, so it might just be that maybe he feels that you know actually, I think my career is just better off elsewhere because um, it wasn't as if you know, Joey Barton did kind of hammer him a bit towards the end of last season as well. I was constantly refer- referencing like look what I've got to work with here kind of thing. So if I was Brandon Hamlin, I'd be I'd probably be looking to leave myself. But So I don't really blame him if he wants out. Um, but I'd be disappointed to see him leave, I think. Yeah, so Mets, Jack Deacon has asked, after last night, do you still think we need another striker or can we rely on what we already have in the building? 
I believe we need one more opinions. So, I mean, yeah, do you think we need one in regardless of whether Hanlon goes or would you only get one in if Hanlon goes? I kind of feel like we need one in anyway. Um, just with Pittman's obviously he's injured at the moment, well, just coming back, but he's not going to play all the games and Hamlin's had his own injury problems. And if we're just relying on Hamlin, I'm not amazingly confident. I think there was a player in there. There's no doubt about that. He's shown us the first half of last season. There's a player in there and that's why we've paid the money for him. Um, I don't think Joey's comments, especially now, have helped being like, oh, you know, he might refuse to train or he might pretend he's injured. I'm like, this is someone you want to stay. Why are you kind of talking mm. about him like this? But either way, we need someone someone a number nine essentially just someone like joey said to build off you know so you can pump balls down the middle and just play off because if if you've got a, a john akinde type i know he's turned us down but you look behind you you've got thomas um you've got collins and then you've got anderson you know spencer's in there as well nicholson you know you've got so many options for runners it just makes sense as a maybe not a plan a but definitely a plan b yeah, I think I, we need it, definitely. I, I think you're right. And I think actually, thinking about it, the way that um, there is a little bit of a similarity between how Garner built his squad and the way Joey Barton's built his, in the sense that, you know, we always we all thought, oh, he hasn't, you know, Garner hasn't signed enough strikers here. But the way he wanted to play was, you know, one guy up front on his own with your kind of Westbrooks, Nicholson's, like, kind of playing off of them. So you actually end up with kind of three or four attacking players. So in a sense, you've got like Pittman now, um, Saunders, but you've also got Thomas, Anderson, players who are kind of constantly pushing forward. And I think that might just be the way he wants to play. So it's not like back in the day when you'd have four, four, two, two big blokes up front or something. This is a bit more kind of maybe modern. It's not just about signing for so fancy and foreign oh yeah I didn't yeah. quite understand it yeah. it's that fluid kind yeah, of like everyone can change positions and false that. nines and all it, that it only really worked at Wimbledon away for us last season when you had like mm. Osteema Nicholson Hanlon I, I can't remember who the other we ones. were unreal that it was ridiculous yeah. yeah and you saw the best and the worst of Hanlon he got sent completely through slammed it at the keeper and then immediately the next chance he's got force wide and he's somehow snuck it in the corner and you're like just take the bloody easy chances but he's a yeah he's a frustrating one but definitely worth sticking with were either of you disappointed to see Ayunga go because I mean he's oh, kind of that big strong centre forward who now when we're talking only as we were talking about it I thought actually he kind of fits that mould of being strong the target man type I was I was upset to see him go actually um, out of the two of him and Hanlon I would have kept him because um, I think he suited the, the play we were playing you can see there was a player in there, I think Portsmouth, the home game, he was unbelievable. And he had a little run of games because he was quick, good feet. It took him a little while to kind of get up to speed because he'd come up a couple of levels. But he had all the kind of raw attributes there. And I think with a bit of coaching and a decent pre-season under him, I think he could have been a real danger. And I mean, he's gone straight back up to League One. So more for us, I think he's going to be one who's going to have a cracking career, I think. Mm. Were you disappointed to see him go, Mike? I, I was. I, I assumed because you asked the question. <laughs> yeah, I was you like, I'm devastated. <laughs> no, I, to be honest, I was, um, it was, again, really, it was only as we were chatting, I was thinking, actually, yeah, we, we could, you know, if I could, if I could get him back right now, I probably would. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it's probably best for him. You'd probably get, you'd probably get regular football at Morecambe, but I know, I know they're League One now, but, um, yeah, I, I was, I was disappointed to see him go, but, um, wish him all the best, really.
a beautiful man as well. It's just a shame you don't get to look at him anymore, to be honest. <laughs> um, lovely stuff. I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Um, thank you very much to everyone for listening. And see you at Exeter, I guess, if you're going. Um, so until next time, up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.